Hello, friends. Welcome to the Thinking Pilates podcast, where we're having rich conversations about the Pilates mindset and a whole lot of other human-y things we're interested in. I'm James Crater, a constantly curious mind and consummate student of toddler and animal movement. Joining me is my good friend slash co-host Chantel Lopez, who you'll be hearing from soon. If you're a Pilates lover or someone who only knows it as that ab work class at the gym, we hope you'll stick around and explore some conversation with us as we hopefully help to expand the definition of Pilates. A bit of a warning. As much as we like playground movement, we love adult vocabulary. We hope you won't mind and that you enjoy all the other words in between too much to care. everybody. It's Chantel and we're back. It's episode 69 and we are kind of meandering through season three, but this is the third to last episode of our season and we're really excited to have a guest on this time that is fairly different than the folks we've had on in the past. And we always like that because we like to push the edges and help you find different ways of thinking about being in your body and with your body and working with other bodies. In this episode, James and I are talking to Nadine Artemis. She is the founder of Living Libations, also the author of a book called Holistic Dental Care, The Complete Guide to Healthy Teeth and Gums, which I find really fascinating, especially after watching some of her videos on the subject and a beautiful book that I have started reading now called Renegade Beauty. James has been a fan of Nadine's for a very, very long time. But this is just great. It's a great conversation, and, and we get into some of the aspects of the human experience through the skin, and I, I think you guys are going to be blown away by some of the things that Nadine shares with us, and I certainly was, and it got me really excited about the sunshine, which happens to be finally out here in California. In any case, I wanted to spend just a moment to tell you about something that if you skip out on the end of our episodes, sometimes you miss, which is our sponsor spot. Just a quick little bee in your bonnet about Momentum Fest, which is a movement and Pilates festival happening this summer, June 21st through 23rd in Colorado. And James and I will both be there presenting along with a lot of other wonderful teachers. But there is one particular piece I wanted to make sure that you knew about too, actually. One is that ticket prices go up next week, April 15th. So if you're hoping to save a few bucks, you might want to go to MomentumFest.com and grab your ticket right away. If you've already gotten a ticket or you're planning on buying a ticket, I don't want you to miss out on the extras. And at the end of your registration, there's an opportunity to sign up for equipment classes. These are very small group equipment classes. I'm teaching a couple, a chair class and a reformer class that I would love to see you in. James has a few on the schedule. Deborah Colway has a few on the schedule along with many, many of the other presenters. So don't miss out the extras at the end of your registration. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, Momentum Fest, I'm going to tell you more about it at the end of the show. 
So stick around. And as always, too, too many words, some maybe you're interested in and some not. But without further ado, here we go. Hello, everybody. This is Chantel, and it is, uh, I can never quite remember it. I need to say episode 69, I think. And James and I are here. Hello, James, partner. How are you? Good. Good, Chantel. How are you today? I'm good, actually. I'm, I'm really good. The sun is shining, and that is making me just incredibly happy. And we're here with <laughs> Nadine Artemis. And um, I, I think the thing that I feel compelled to say is that um, I'm going to just say this about you, Nadine, is that James introduced me to you. And when I started to dig in to see what you were about and, and who you were, I remember seeing some images and I just think, I think like the words like vibrant and sparkly and joyful, like I just was kind of inundated with this, this experience of you and beauty and lightness. And so even just in preparing for the podcast, um, going back and reading some of your, um, you know, just reading about you and some of the things that you've written. And, oh, I just have such a wonderful sense of calm, and I'm so excited to have you on the show. Um, And James gets all the credit for that. However, I think it's – you're a very interesting guest for us, Um, and I think (laughs) it's going to be really special. So thank you and welcome. Oh, thank you, and thank you – so much for um, not reading my bio. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, people, you know, I mean, James and I, I think, in a way, are a little unorthodox um, when it comes to those kinds of things. It's like, yeah, people can go and read your bio. You know, we'll put your stuff in the mm-hmm. show notes. But we really want people to get to to know you and about the work that you're doing. And um, it's in such uh, beautiful alignment with the work that we're doing through movement um, and the body and, and improving people's ability to be vibrant and healthy and, and present in their lives. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Jane and we'll, we'll get going with the juicy stuff. Yeah. I'm so excited to talk to you, Nadine. I'm, uh, I'm possibly just a little bit of, of a fan of yours. <laughs> I have, <laughs> I have, uh, I stumbled across your po- uh, product line, Living Libations, a number of years ago, and then um, really got into Daniel Vitalis's podcast, Rewild Yourself, and lo and behold, there you were. And so I've been following your work for a while and read your books and all the stuff. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. So for those people that maybe aren't, you know, familiar with your work, who are you in the world of wellness? Like you do so many things, like author, presenter, creator, entrepreneur, all of the things. Like how do you how do you describe yourself work-wise? That's a great question. I it's actually pretty much my whole life when people are like, "Oh, what do you do?" I kind of usually I'm just done. I don't, you know what I mean? I'm like, uh, "Yeah." Well, you know, and that's funny because the bio thing too, because every time, you know, every time I have to kind of refresh the bio, I'm like, oh, do we have to, (laughs) what is this thing, (laughs) this list of words (laughs) strung together? Um, Yeah, and actually it was kind of nice in my book. I got to write a a little more more of a chapter, so it sort of felt more embodied, Mm -hmm. you know, where I could 
because it, you know, is it, it's like more than a paragraph, but it doesn't even have to be any words. So what do I do? Um, well, it all started really with, uh, you know, botanical formulating, mm-hmm. uh, which was just, which was also coming at a time that was confluenced with, <clears throat> sorry, um, being in university. So studying mm-hmm. and I was studying, um, through women's studies, like women's health, women's philosophy. And was, like one of our textbooks was like our bodies ourselves. I was, um, I, I did uh, papers on midwifery. I looked at like the history of the body, you know, the woman's body in Western culture. I did my thesis on the female orgasm. So I had all these fun things going on and like the beauty myth was one of our textbooks. And at the same time, I'm beginning to understand the fallacy of the food industry Understanding that the, you know, the supermarkets essentially, you know, I'm exaggerating, but like five corporations of food Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and really understanding like, oh, a label. And this is like, you know, pre, way pre blogs and internet and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so just like, oh, yeah, like, you know, that the whole wheat version of cereal was like, you know, understanding all that, like, BS, and then, <laughs> or even just cereal, you know, like, yeah, um, yeah. So just getting it all, and then it really, and then understanding, oh, my God, like, what I'm putting on my body is, uh, which at that time was like for Green Beauty was, you know, the, the body shop, which, you know, you think, because coming out of the 80s, which was just this kaleidoscope of, of a synthetic fantasy world of, you know, mm-hmm. watermelon perfume and just like petroleum, everything. And, um, so you, and then it's like, Oh, look at, Oh, pineapple face washes and cucumber face toner. So it seemed like the promised new land, but then I realized yeah. all of that was full of petroleum and games and everything too. And I also throughout my whole, t- I was, fascinating like I was kind of got all the cosmetic hand-me-downs in my family too and I would whip up brews and mix things and like mix like eyeshadow with like lip balm and create all other kind of lip balm or like mixing perfumes and I did a project on I had to do a science fair project mm-hmm. and um, I found a book on on co- like making cosmetics and the history like a, a very overview stuff and that perfume came from ancient egypt and i was like oh my god i know how i can have fun with a science project i'll do it on perfume because i was already like obsessed with collecting perfumes and stuff <laughs> <laughs> so the really cool thing was that i that i was like oh like this like I, it, then all of a sudden perfume had like roots and like connected to the planet yeah. and distillation and that was really cool and then um i always had a little like vibe for egypt because my great grandfather was the president of the London Egyptology Society and he would go to it to um digs and he would be the illustrator. Um, oh wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he even worked oh, I can't remember the guy but something with that King Tut's findings. He was like that person. Anyway, so there was always this thing and I had this like painting of Isis that he had painted and there was just a resonance there. So really like perfect ancient perfume does have a it's it's in a few cultures but obviously rich in the Egyptian culture. So I did this science fair project and so I was into this stuff but and that's when I first learned about the word essential oil from that book. And mm-hmm. I was like, ah, because that would be the, that's what they were making. And you can find them at a health food store. So then we went to the health food store. So that was my first gleanings of like, you know, not watermelon, fake smells and everything. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. And I didn't have the discernment for like, you know, natural, synthetic, but I knew it was a whole new world. 
And so this yeah. wasn't that much longer at 18 where I'm like now immersed in understanding the, a lot of the fallacies with the industries and systems and making all my own food, like, you know, going to classes on like making oat milk and like just at the back of the library and there'd like be one other person <laughs> like just mm-hmm. learning all this stuff while I'm at university learning. And then I'm like really getting into like how to make all my own beauty care products because that was thrilling for me. Mm. And then I started making it for friends and family. And then I, st- I had to really find like ingredients because I would read mm-hmm. ancient recipes, but I'm like, where do I get that? Because I needed to recreate things so I could almost like get a whiff of these ancient cultures mm-hmm. and see what was going on. And so, you know, more making, making, making all these things and like, you know, f- sharing it and then eventually selling it to friends and family and coworkers and fellow students and all that. And then that was like the year I graduated, I totally knew what I wanted to do. And I was like, then I just started right away before even graduating. I was working on opening a store in Toronto. And so I opened up North America's first really full concept aromatherapy store. And we had this blending bar, custom making perfumes. And like, I, you know, I met, a, we opened the shop at midnight for Alanis and I got to meet her for the first time. And, Mm-hmm. Um, so all these fun things happened out of that. And, uh, but eventually it was, I had to get to the woods and, uh, I knew I needed to get out of the city. So I just paused on that, closed the store, kind of retired, quote unquote, mm-hmm. for a moment. And mm-hmm. then, um, just wanted to see sort of what wanted to come and what didn't, you know, in the, in, in this new moment. And, uh, and I just was making things for a handful of clients. I was just said I was like retired from becoming. Like I didn't really have a dime at that point, but I just needed. <laughs> I just wanted because it was like really like full on, like you know, like right, yeah. at, you know, learning and then full on. And I knew I couldn't pause. Like I couldn't have that travel year for yeah. whatever reason. I was like, I've got to get to work. And uh, yeah, you know, got a little government loan, opened the store, everything like that. Um, and then, uh, you know, and then I met Ron and then that became the modern rendition of living libations. And then I, and then I, even creating so many products that I, I hadn't even done yet, like a whole, you know, oral care really mm-hmm. opened up at that stage. And like, um, yeah, so many things. I mean, I think we have like, oh, yeah, I mean, you're, <laughs> I have heard you kind of talk. I've read the book, and uh, and I've heard you in the book. Everyone, the book I'm talking about is Renegade Beauty, um, but you've also I know you have holistic dental care. Do you have any other books, maybe, or are those the two that that you've pinned so far? Yeah, those are the two. Uh, holistic dental care came out. I think in about it was that 2013. Mm-hmm. And that was great. And that was like, I've got to get this out there. Actually, I'd self-published it for about three years before that. And people were always like, if you self-publish, it won't get published. And I was like, it doesn't matter because this just needs to get out there. But interestingly, mm-hmm. it was through self-publishing that the publisher found me and saw that it was a viable book because I had a great track record. So yeah. just to any anybody that wants to self-publish, it totally doesn't matter. It'll be what you mm-hmm. want it to be. <laughs> Um, but really the book, so that was good and that's great. And it's still, it's uh, such a staple, it seems, uh, for people and dental knowledge. And then, um, uh, I got to, uh, write Renegade Beauty, which is the thicker sort of juicier book. Um, and, and there's a good solid dental chapter in there too. So it's also a great place to start, but then I get to explore like all my favorite 
topics like sunshine and What it leads me to is every time, you know, reading your book and hearing you in podcasts and just hearing you talk about that, um, you, you sort of, the synopsis of your life story to, to now is you are truly a pioneer in skincare and even dental care, skincare, taking care of the vessel of the body so mm-hmm. that you can take care of your soul. And I'm wondering as you sort of look back at everything you've done, is there a running thread through that? Like why you started off as a girl who was just sort of interested in perfumes and then it was like doors <laughs> open and doors, you know, doors open and doors open and doors open. And now you're an authority on, you know, the microbiome of the skin and sunlight and uh, holistic and pausing really quick, holistic dental care, everybody, if you're listening to this, um, just believe it or don't believe it, expose yourself to the work, expose yourself mm-hmm. to the ideas of holistic dental care and, um, and then make your decisions from that. I mean, it's, it's, it's opening. So what is your goal with all of this, Nadine? <laughs> like where, where do you want, um, where do you want your work to go from here? That's a good question. And should I? And then do we start? Because you were saying like, how did it? Are you saying? Yeah, sure. Wherever you. Yeah. Wherever that, what was that part that... of that question? Like, <laughs> it was just like girls, uh, like interested in perfume. And I, I think because you can, you know, when you hit forty, you can get a bit. I feel like more hindsight. It does feel like that is a true thing. <laughs> that yeah, are it is. I can attest. Wise, <laughs> yes, it gives you like you just kind of reflect, <laughs> and. Um, I know for sure that I also always was listening to my body. Mm-hmm. And once I discovered the truth of something for myself, that's all it takes is that yeah. second. And so through that, I can carve out, I could just, I can really see now how I was like, nope, not that, not that. I'm not doing that. I'm not mm-hmm. looking at that. And then I could carve out a life of what I was sort of, I was left with, or if you put your hand in the sand and then you lift it up and then like sort of what's left because mm-hmm. I, I knew what to cut out. And then I could sort of um, carve out this life of, of what I was curious about and that curiosity and that self-direction when it's in alignment, you're always going to end up, you're always in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. And so each step of the way, there was so much passion behind each thing when I discovered it. Like when you realize like all the stuff you're putting on your body is just total BS. Like that's a huge <laughs> moment. You know what I mean? And then the food mm-hmm. and then the that, and then the dentistry. So on one level, there's a lot of diversity here, but it's kind of like one thing too. Mm-hmm. And and for mm-hmm. some reason too, I feel like I can see where there's gaps, gaps in knowledge, even through my writing. Because the whole thing when you're writing a thesis in universities, you have to choose something that hasn't really been written on. That's your whole point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I could just see, oh, we haven't really looked at the female orgasm in this light and in this way with this philosophy. And so I feel like, oh, dental care. Oh, we haven't looked at it like that. Or like that, or like have it, have uh, has a common person just explain it because we're all in this together, brushing our teeth every day, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> and we need to have a conversation about what we've been giving up to the dentist. And so, yeah, 
Yeah, I just feel like I, I know I'm not that goal-oriented of a person. I am a vessel for, you know, hope and hopefully through my work, then we can all uplift and care for our vessels in a better way. Um, but I feel like my main job is to sort of, you know, get out of my thinking and then just receive the thoughts that I can to share with um, whoever wants to listen. Mm-hmm. Mm. So some, sometimes when I um, think, oh, I, I would like to interview this person on the podcast, there's a selfish thing. Like, I just really wanted to talk with you, Nadine. And, <laughs> and then there's a knowingness. There's a knowingness that it, it has to be at this moment. Like, I have to talk to her now instead of last season or next season. And as you were talking about all that, um, the idea of we need to be talking about um, things that we're all experiencing. Like, we need to be just talking about this human experience and why are we doing it like this, these things that seem mm. so... Um, these things that are mundane, these things that are, we're doing every day and working and talking about them from our personal experience, because that's really all we have to offer. That, that is what science is based on. That is what math is based on. People's personal experience with something. That's sort of where Chantelle and I are right now with our mm-hmm. movement practice and our teaching mm-hmm. practice. And so I'm so happy to know that there are people out there talking about it in other realms and how all of us can begin to have these conversations of, well, what we're really talking about is just different aspects of humanness. And um, thank you. Thank you for bringing that mindset into um, skincare and into taking care of yourself. I just loved it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things are complicated, and I like to just step back, simplify and really, like, really step back. Like, how can, you know, step back so much that really when I think about skincare, I'm just really at the part where we need to think about the sun, water, and yeah. air, and earth. Yeah. Mm. So let's kind of dive into some meat with that. So I think everyone in our audience is going to have a pretty good working knowledge of bones and muscle and, you know, that, and and maybe less of a working knowledge of of when we say skin, like what are we talking about? So in the shortest, you know, uh, easiest, whatever strikes you way, can you give us a little skin 101 synopsis of like what what is important to consider um, when just talking about the skin? Yeah, well, I like to think of the skin as the moist envelope of our soul, for starters. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, it's it's an interesting organ because we kind of forget it's an organ because we have access to it and we see it. And mm-hmm. we, for some reason, collectively, are a little unaware that it's alive and it's breathing. You know, mm. it's this grand respiration system. It's teeming with trillions of bacteria. There's mm-hmm. a whole garden on our skin. It's a real tapestry of these little microcosms and um, the birth story of our skin is very important too. Ideally we are coming into the world through the vaginal canal where we're getting our first inoculation with our maternal Mm -hmm. microbiome genome. And then ideally we're not rushing to rinse the baby of that white Mm -hmm. waxy vernix sheet Mm -hmm. because it's this, Mm -hmm. it's really this probiotic patina that sets up healthy skin for life and, and helps, you know, it's shown when it's washed off early um, or there's a cesarean section that these 
people tend to be more prone to things like eczema, psoriasis, or allergies, or other sensitivities because, and for example, in a cesarean section, then the skin is being inoculated by the ambient bacteria, which could include, like, you know, the 60-year-old doctor's, Mm -hmm. like, forearm bacteria mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and so you know and there's good you know there, there, because of the microbiome there's lots of research going into it and it's shown like even just swabbing the mother's vagina and getting that onto the skin and different things it, it also helps to seed the microbiome in the cases of the cesarean mm-hmm. section and um and then ideally you know there there would be breastfeeding um which we now know the other good thing about it is that it it, it starts to I think of it as like the sour, the sour, the soul sourdough culture is this whole microbiome, and then the breast milk activates it all with its 200 prebiotic oligosaccharides. And so people didn't understand what these undigestible starches were in breast milk before, but now we know they're prebiotics to feed the probiotics and grow the baby's immune system. And mm. so, you know, that's something that shelf formula just doesn't have that life matter that it, you know, is doing that. So, and if you have to make up a formula, I really, you know, I don't have one to recommend, um, but obviously look into that a lot and adding kind of prebiotic substances and all of that you'd want to do. So then back, you're an adult and we got the skin. And then what we, what people might not know is the top layer, which is very thin. It's only one milliliter thick, but it, that one milliliter has five key layers. And that is the stratum corneum, and then you've got the, um, you know, down to the stratum basal, which is where the basal cells come, uh, are pushed up through, that's the basement layer, and they go up to the stratum corneum uh, every, I forget the time frame, I think it's like every 24 hours, and they're pushing new skin cells up to the top. And so it's that little microscopic system that we want to care for. However, all of our modern skincare regimes are devastating the skin's microbiome, either through the daily dose of detergents and surfactants that we wash our skin with that are causing micro splinters to remain lodged into our stratum corneum day after day, year after year, creating vicious cycles that can lead to things like hyperpigmentation melasma, chronic inflammation, premature aging, all that kind of stuff. And we're just doing that like every day. Mm -hmm. And then we're putting on creams filled with chemicals and petroleum. And then we're losing the diversity of our skin's microbiome, uh, especially when we're using creams with antibiotics in them or triclosan. Mm -hmm. And so it's this whole system that we really want to free our skin from. Because it is alive. It is the moist envelope of our soul. So, and I know you're a big proponent of um, discussing water and the water mm-hmm. that is put on your skin and the water that you intake. How does how does different water work with what you're talking about? So let's say someone is using regular soaps or whatever, or even using, you know, uh, essential oils or, or whatever the case may be, but they're not considering their water source. Yeah, so water is key, and I mean, you know, you can look at all the different studies that are showing, you know, generally most municipal tap water has over 200 different chemicals, and that's from our our human sort of waste of, like, you know, like there's um, birth control, residues of birth control pills and veterinary drugs, and it's really like for, you know, besides all the chemicals, and then if homeopathy is actually a thing, then that's, Mm-hmm. Not crazy thing, but anyway, um, and then just things like the, what they what's clean with like chlorine and fluoride. Well, chlorine kills the microbiome. So if you've got like dandruff, 
you know, just by changing or adding a water filter could change your whole ball game or even eczema. Like you've got to really, there could be just so many things that you don't have to suffer with that you could be because of the, the water that's coming out and you're bathing in. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're someone who was delivered by a cesarean and or has for, you know, 40 years used store-bought soap and hasn't really considered water, what would be like a first step to considering how to work with the skin better or something that could be done today or like a direction to head in? Well, I have like some summarizing like three simple steps, stop, Mm -hmm. seal, and seed. So just stop things like put a shower filter on uh, your water, Um, stop using the really corrosive products, you know, just that all the things we've talked about today. And then you want to reseal the skin, um, you know, by not using soap to wash your face, but by using things like oil and mm-hmm. not using triclosan toothpaste, you know, just using things like baking soda. Uh, so you want, we want to re, like, allow the skin to kind of repopulate and rebalance itself out by, by stepping out of the way a little bit and then reseeding mm-hmm. by, you know, ingesting prebiotics and probiotics and not, you know, really considering do you need that round of antibiotics or really considering the things that are depleting your the diversity of your own microbiome. And so mm-hmm. that's, if, yeah, whether, you know, whether you've been born through cesarean or not, I mean, we're all, we've all, we're all facing things that are depleting our microbiome, our grandmother's use yeah. of antibiotics, our use yeah. of antibiotics. You know, most children by the age of two have had three courses of antibiotics. Yeah. And then there's yeah. like, uh, I forget the amount that of antibiotics that is just in that jug of milk. It's the allowable limit is very high, you know, so it's coming in in all the ways. So that's, you really have to take stock of your life and just eliminate and whatever you is going to, you know, whatever can be successful for you in that moment. And yeah. Like if you're renting a place, okay, the shower filter, you're not going to do the whole home water situation. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an important consideration there too of, of, um, you know, even if, even if you haven't had many antibi, you know, pill form antibiotics, the microdosing of antibiotics that is happening is, and the antibiotics that are in our water system, whether people dump, you know, um, antibiotics down the drain or any other medication down the drain. Exactly. All of the EMOs in our food. You know, the thing yeah. that really, for people to understand about the the GMO situation, besides, you know, that we could talk about for hours, but it's this thing about <laughs> the, uh, it's, it's, it was said that the, the, the action that's the weed killer, it doesn't affect, um, it affects the chicken mate pathway of the insects, and humans and animals don't have that pathway, so it's going to be okay, but we are trillions of bacteria, so and they all have yeah. the shikimate pathway. Yeah, right? yeah. So we well, are that. <laughs> I, I know it's uh, again. We we tend to think of ourselves as you know, I'm James, you're Nadine. But to stop and really zoom out a bit and think, well, yeah, that's that's the narrative. That's the collective us. But there's a lot of cells cohabitating, there's bacteria cohabitating, there's viruses cohabitating, there's all sorts of things living on me and in me that are me, mm-hmm. and how are we taking care of all of that is, um, is what we're talking about there. 
And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And to just pause and consider how that GMO or how that, that stuff is, is working for me or against me or how it's affecting the system, I think is at least worth consideration and then make a decision from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Step-by-step step what, what you can manage and do in your life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What do you find value in? Um, you said something that I'm sure you, uh, you rub up against as controversial frequently. You mentioned um, cleansing or cleaning with oil. And, uh, I, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure this is not your first time being asked. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about, Nadine? Yeah, yeah it, it can be freaky, especially for people that have acne. It's just like, what? Yeah. It's really ancient. And uh, when I was um, studying some ancient herbal practices of, of different regions around the world, and the Berber woman used the oil, and that just made a lot of sense with me, sense to me. And if you have, um, so she'd use it with a wet cloth. Um, you're basically creating like an emulsification on your face because it's water and oil and with a little mm-hmm. bit of action. Mm-hmm. And it just lifts and it protects the sebum. It protects the pores. It doesn't disturb the, um, the, the microbiome at all. And it's way more successful at what we all think we need for when we need to clean and cleanse our faces. Um, so, yeah, soap is just is a disaster for skin. I'm not sure how we had to think that we need this squeaky, sudsy, surfactant clean to be clean. <laughs> but, yeah, those, these are and, – and, I mean, you can even on our website, you can just see even from the one C. Buxorn cleanser and hundreds of reviews of people yeah. – that don't have cystic acne anymore or, you know, um, just for, it's great. Cause some, I mean, I'm a, I'm a believer if there's acne, I'm like, we got to look at other things, not just switch, obviously switch what you're doing with your skincare. But it's so funny. Sometimes people don't have to do anything, but just switch the, the topical situation over and it clears up sometimes sort of like, they're like, Oh my God, the next day. And then, you know, two weeks later, it's like the clear skin they've been wanting for years. Um, mm-hmm. but then sometimes for people it is like, yeah, check in with like, if it, you know, you're triggering it by, uh, you know, soy or even cashews or that kind of thing. But it's really, um, mm-hmm. it's really so special. It was actually just a couple of weeks ago. I had to, um, doing some back-end stuff on our site, and there was just a, a group of older reviews that I had to just look at again. Um, you know, so it's not something I would normally do, but I just had this whole batch of reviews, and it was so... I thought it was such a task that I thought it was just something I've got to sort of do. Like, a, you know, because I don't, it's when you have to, like, a, I had to look, like, do something to 50 items. And it was just sort of a, a computer task. But then I was mm-hmm. getting into it. And I'm like, this is such a beautiful moment because so many women all in a row were talking about the confidence that they just had regained. And it was such a fresh reminder because I think I can get you get a little bit used to it in, in such a nice way. But people are like, oh, my God, this is best ever. My skin's glowing. It's so great. I'm like, oh, great. You know, of course. <laughs> but yeah, to read yeah. all of that in, in a row and it was just like, oh, this is so important because, you know, not feeling confident is not fun. Yeah. It's, um, mm. uh, it, I, I go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Chantel. Well, I just was thinking. Um, one, I have oily skin, and uh, I'm really grateful for it. Actually, 
because I uh, watched my mom age and my mom is gorgeous and I just think mm-hmm. hallelujah for oily skin because um, I think a lot of people are don't know how to manage it but also, you know, don't realize that it actually reduces the appearance of wrinkles and whatnot. But mm-hmm. the point I want to make is that I switched over to cleansing with oil a few years ago and I love it so much and it's it's fantastic. And I have oily skin. I mean, it seems yeah. counterintuitive, but my skin is it's clean. I had somebody um, compliment me the other day. It's like I, I kind of have large pores, and I've done lots of things to try to you know reduce that. But the truth is, my skin is really clean and glowing, and I mm-hmm. think it's because I use part of partly because I cleanse with oil. So yeah, because it, you're not you're it, not repeating this like really deep seated pattern that we can't see what's going on in a microscopic level that's kind of wreaking havoc to mm-hmm, our skin mm-hmm. and we can't figure it out. But like when you just it's like the subtle changes for people. It's like from even if it was just sort of like really they had normal great fine skin like there was nothing wrong. But they're like like the skin tone gets even. Any any sort of hyperpigmentation can can lessen and the appearance just gets like you know more calm and stuff like that. So it is really special. It is really I, special and it yeah. feels really good too. I mean, there's something, uh, you know, cause oftentimes when you use a, a soap based cleanser, you feel that strange dry tightness and, and intuitively I was just felt like this is not what's supposed to be happening. Like this does no, not feel like human skin anymore. Cause, right. And then we're trying to find like the like plumpers with glycerin or um, uh, you know creams with petroleum, and and they may temp- temporarily plump up the skin, but only to really cause some, some water loss at a cellular level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I concur. Yeah. I have the same skin type, and um, I have been cleaning with oil. I've, I'll do a product plug. I've been cleaning with Living Libations Best Skin Ever for several <laughs> years now. Yay! Um, Yep, see buckthorn berry and or sandalwood, and those nice. are my two favorites. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's it's amazing. I've you know I struggled. I don't want to say struggled. I also have oily skin, and I've always thought you know what a blessing. And um, but you you know especially younger, trying to mitigate that you know like thinking yes. mm-hmm. you know oh I'm I, I've got this oily skin that's what's going to cause acne or you know clog up pores or whatever and um the oil just is 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 amazing and yours smell the best thank you (laughs) (laughs) well there's something else you said too which i think it just to draw a, a parallel to working with um working with the body through movement which is you know the but the work that James and I do are largely a foundation in Pilates, but certainly I don't think, and we've said this over and over again in the podcast, that if you came into the studio, what you see is not Pilates, but movement, movement um, exploration and really supporting people in discovering the ways that they can move best in the moment and what potential they have. Um, naturally that they're avoiding or they've forgotten. And the idea that um, sometimes that feels counterintuitive to people because they want a specific outcome, right? They want to be out of pain. They want to be stronger. They want to be more mobile. But we end up thinking that 
um, there's only one way to get that. And it just feels to me like there's a parallel between like clean, beautiful skin and thinking that because we want that, we need to use soap, right? There's an old paradigm Mm -hmm. and both, both things feel like, well, there's a new paradigm, but that is old actually. And, and again, it feels like there's a parallel between the movement work that we're doing and, and many of our colleagues are doing and integrating and, and what you're talking about, Nadine, and your work. And and then how, when you allow yourself to move in the direction that maybe feels a little less um, intuitive because I think we've been conditioned out of that trust of what mm-hmm. kind of organic and, and natural um when you when you allow yourself to go in that direction, there is this sense of vital confidence. And what did you said something earlier about the the skin being the soft something of the, the soul. moist What's envelope the, of the soul, the moist envelope of the soul. And I just feel like that. I just I was sitting here listening, and I thought, oh gosh, I just need a second to process that. <laughs> you know, but. But there is this this um, arising of vitality that I, as I was just sharing, have experienced when I'm taking really good care of my skin in the way you're describing, and it is the same experience that I have when I am taking care of my body in this um, more intuitive kind of exploratory way. So I just think that's it's a it's a powerful parallel for me and and potentially for the for those who are listening since that's a thread we've you know we've carried pretty strongly in the podcast and it's really beautiful mm-hmm. so thank you yeah that's totally how we want to relate to all the things we do with our body and movement mm-hmm. so I'd like to selfishly turn the conversation to the topic of the sun mm-hmm. from your, you know, and I think I'm super interested in it because I, one of, um, one of my model matriarchs in my life is my grandmother and she was oh, nice. always a sun worshiper, always, mm-hmm. and always thoughtfully, always in the morning, always left, you know, she, she, it was just, it was a thing for her. And so as I started to explore my relationship with the sun and hearing more and more about the sun, there's a, um, I think you say it best. I've heard you say the sun needs a new PR person. (laughs) And uh, I'm in total total agreement with you. So from your educated uh, understandings, from your embodied scientific mind making, can you talk a little bit about the sun and our relationship to the sun? Yes. Yeah, I do feel like we, you know, have been lobbied into this loss of sunlight, like this very, I think, an innate relationship um, that every human being, like, is with the sun. Like, to be alive is to have a relationship to the sun. And somehow we've been lobbied into this loss, and it's been shrouded with fear and confusion and so that's again we got to step back. We got to look at like hey, if if the sun didn't exist there'd be no life on the planet. There must be something, you know, to there must be a design in all of this. And of course our skin is designed to engage and receive the sun's rays. It is literally like we need it for life, you know, and it's that thing about vitamin D which is you know, it's more than that vitamin. It, cr- it creates things like cholesterol sulfate 
and it helps helps um, microbial peptides, and it really is it's sort of this lock and key for our immune system. And it, we have thousands of vitamin D receptors all over our body, and in places where the sun does not have access to. You know, like that's always very D. interesting to me. You yes, know, when we have is. when we have receptors where we sh- technically should not have receptors for something. Yes, it's like yeah. why. The good thing now is we can take sort of uh, understanding vitamin D and how it's, um, there's so many studies, uh, close to 3,000 about studying how vitamin D is essential for combating things like cancer, or if you're, if you have sufficient vitamin D, then your risk of breast cancer is reduced by 50%. So we take all that and then we combine it with the information we had at the turn of the century where we have the Nobel Prize awarded for heliotherapy and then the work of Dr. Auguste Woolier who had clinics in Lausanne and people were healing, coming from all over and healing um, tuberculosis and rickets and um, other diseases. And so we really understand that the sun is essential for our health and well-being, and it can't just come from a vitamin D supplement. That's a fat-soluble vitamin D. And when we sit in the sun and our cells, our pores open, they actually dilate to receive the sun's rays. And then we get, we, with that union, we create this vitamin D that isn't, isn't a vitamin. It's this hormonal precursor. It creates the things like the microbial peptides and, um, it boosts our immune system. And it was really, it was recommended in the turn of the century for all kinds of skin conditions, including things like wrinkles. And so we have to have wise interaction with the sun. We don't want to get burned, but it's important to know that Processing a burn, like a quote-unquote natural burn from the sun, as opposed to um, sitting in the sun for hours with sunscreen on, it's healthier for your DNA and your body and your cells to process that burn than it is to sit in the sun all day with sunscreen on. Additionally, the use of sunscreen, besides the crazy cocktail of chemicals that they are and that the main ingredients are non-carcinogenic until they are activated by the sun, like oxybenzene, and that, (laughs) you know, that there's hormonal... Can you just just repeat that and kind of, like, (laughs) highlight that, put an exclamation point, like, these chemicals are benign until they are activated by the sun, which is what they're supposed to protect you against. Yeah, it becomes this different kind of chemical when unleashed. Oh, it still might prevent you from getting sunburn. <laughs> you know, it's just going to be causing other issues. And in my book, I go, there's so many, there's so much, like from the New England Journal of Medicine, like, you know, just yeah. studies that show it isn't the sun that's causing, um, you know, melanoma and different, it, melanoma is not not something that anybody wants, but it's really not about the sun. And, uh, yeah, so forgetting all the crazy cocktails that it is and that it's an endocrine disruptor and that it's killing the coral reef, put all that aside, the main issue, another main issue is that it's separating your reception of the UVA and UVB rays. Mm -hmm. The UVB creates the vitamin D, and that's what it's blocking. So you're only receiving the UVA, and the UVA without its ultraviolet partner UVB is not ideal for our skin. That, when it's just alone without the other wavelengths, um, can be like, it'd be if you were driving, if you drove all the time for years, same way home, thinking of some California traffic, doing Mm -hmm. a 405, 
And then that arm that's always on the sun, on, in the sun on the way home, in the window, that's going to be a little more kind of freckly than your other arm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just getting the UVA without the UVB. Is That's the kind of situation it can create. Mm. So right. how do you address yeah. that with people, like people who are just un, unwilling to give up that sunscreen or even consider, like, where, like, to me, it's just insane. Like, well, and, and that's reason, why, like, yeah, in, in my book, that has, like, a chapter because, it, and I mean, it's, it's you know, it's not going to take a long time to read, but because you need, I, like, here are the, what, 20 studies yeah. and this. Like, it needs a moment to undo because it's just, you know, we've, the main messaging has been avoid the sun. And yeah. so we've got to, we've yeah. got to undo that. So it's, a, you know, but I'm just, but I think, you know, and then it's not, it's it could, people can get attached to their sunscreen, but um, also it's not too hard because most people are just freaking relieved. They're like, yeah, I knew yeah. I felt right and it felt better. And now I have permission. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, you know, I had spent again, my grandma I was raised with someone who, you know, enjoyed being in the sun. My whole family, I'm a Southern California guy originally. So yeah. in, that's what we did. And then yeah. I spent, you know, like late teens, early twenties, avoiding the sun, thinking mm-hmm. that, that that was the thing that I needed to do. And then all of a sudden, you know, I really got into gardening and outdoor sports and I'm like, well, I can't really avoid the sun. And I, 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 I couldn't fathom how putting that much chemical on me was a good thing. And that's all I knew. I was just judging it from a, well, if I wouldn't eat this stuff, why would I put this on my skin? Mm-hmm. And then now yeah. to have the permission that I'm actually doing medicine for my body when I go outside and enjoy some thoughtful sunlight, like that's, it's not just a relief. It's like, oh, I'm actually doing good for myself when much I do the thing I enjoy. Top activities on the planet for me is like basking in the sunshine. Oh, it feels so good. Feels doing so it right good. now. I'm doing it right now in our call. I'm on still, uh, <laughs> the lake is still frozen, but uh it's But she's out there. Rain. She's out there in the yeah. sun. <laughs> it's in this so, cooler weather that you can actually, you know, you get um it also helps with muscle tone. Which is a great way to work out. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. Elizabeth does that. Olympic athletes, the, the the originals, the OGs, they were required to do all of their activity in the sun. That's the original gymnasium. It's just open open sky. Right, right. Because of it, but, because it does develop muscles, and then and then August Rollier's work also collaborated that. And additionally, he found out that if if you were to wear sunglasses, you don't get all of the benefits and the muscle tone. Now, so I mean, have your sunglasses, but like you know, when you need them, but not when you're sun when you're having that sun moment. Mm-hmm. And interesting though, though, if you're in the shade, you can still get some of the benefits to the super chiasmatic nucleus in the brain, but not if you are wearing sunglasses. I mean, it's just so rich. I mean, there's just so. I just my mind is being blown. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, back up again. Can't say all of that over again. I told you, Chantel, we have to have Nadine Artemis on the podcast. I mean, it's mind blowing. It's like you can literally hear paradigms popping. Like I know, like a ripple effect. Exercise in the sun without sunglasses and without sunscreen. Yeah. For 15 to 20 minutes at a time, right? Because that's what we're talking about. We're talking yeah. about 
con- like consecutive doses, right? Like plenty of doses, but not yeah, or like long. I mean, uh, right now I'm like, you know, going to go for like an hour or so because it's March and I'm in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I got a while. And there's a fun, you know, there's an app, of course, for that, and it's uh, the D-Minder. It'll put in your geography, longitude, latitude, because all, like, all of that is, like, how long can you stay in the sun? It's, like, your, you know, your, your ancestry, your literal yeah. weather that day and where you are on the planet. And you put that in, and it will tell you how long it takes into the weather that account that day and stuff, and it tells you how long and how much vitamin D you'll get. God bless technology. Yeah. The D minor, is that what it's called? Yeah. I'm, put, I'm gonna just I'm gonna put it on my phone right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I just love it when I'm constantly feeling surprised. Like I, I almost feel a little bit like I don't know what's happening right now, but I'm excited about it. <laughs> Dude, why is it that I'm having this experience so much? Yeah, <laughs> so much I mean, lately. Like, I- as the world, as your personal world expands, right? It's like all of our paradigms, like, oh, I did not know. And again, we're talking about like mundane pedestrian things, like just, just go outside, just go be in the yeah. sun. Yeah, go outside. I mean, we don't wear your sunglasses. Yeah, I mean, we haven't even talked about moon bathing and cold bathing <laughs> sure. and all of that. I mean, like, wait a minute, moon bathing. <laughs> <laughs> so much to do. How much time? I'm, I'm always trying have? to find like the simplest thing I can pull it back to because like I, I don't want to like I want to be so low maintenance, you know. Yeah. That it's like my body's actually doing the stuff that I want it to do, so that I don't have to, you know. Think about all the things our body does without, like, you know, if we're all get feeling frustrated about a health thing or anything. Just think of everything that your body's doing without you making a to-do list for it to function. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. You know, and somehow with some of our care stuff, it got so complicated. And it's like, mm, I want to raise, you know, what my body's doing so that I can step out of the way more. Mm-hmm. You know, just have it function in its, you know, maximized way with, that, with the least amount of effort, with that, mm-hmm. the least amount of poking and prodding. I mean, I think that just, I feel like that's, that's it. Like, that's what the whole conversation is about. That's the title of the podcast. That's the, that's the moral of the story, right? (laughs) What you just said, like, get out of the way, like the simplest approach to allowing your body to do what it naturally wants to do and is designed to do. That's what we are attempting to support people in through movement and what so many people right through, um, psycho, um, I think like psychophysical therapy and, um, you know, the work that you're doing and, and nutritionists or chefs or, you know, it just, it's like, isn't that a beautiful notion and not just a notion, but a, but a vision, right. For, for human existence to just keep it simple and get out of the way enough. It isn't, that the conundrum with modern life is that we're over-engineering everything. The approach to everything is over-engineered. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, you know, and there's fun to, obviously there's a lot of excitement and expansion going on, on the planet with complicated things and technology. And mm-hmm. at the same time, mm-hmm. I'm like, but the thing that was designed before us 
our bodies. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just like, let's let's keep that simple so that, you know, because that was yeah. already just yeah. so beautifully designed. We're never going to figure all that out. What What's making exactly. us breathe? Right? Like, exactly. let's leave it to that. Exactly. That's, <laughs> it's, we're talking about, you know, systems and organisms that are just so vastly complicated that it's like, why, how could we ever expect to really understand the intricacy of everything? And, mm. and how, it's almost like a how dare you think that you're smarter than that <laughs> scenario. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. agree. So as we begin to wrap things up, Nadine, um, Chantel and I had the privilege of recently studying with um, a, some, a brilliant somatic educator named Bonnie Bainbridge-Cohen. And she wrote this poem um, that was on the front of the binder. And I'm going to read just a little bit of a line from it. And, and I'm going somewhere with it because as I was prepping for this interview, I have uh, opened up Renegade Beauty again. And, and there's, a, there's a thing going on. There's a, uh, <laughs> nice. a, a parallel going on here. <laughs> so about halfway down the poem, it reads, um, Darkness became sleep and entered the hidden places. Light became awareness and entered everywhere. Stars became self-other and entered the center of the perineum. Life became the in-breath and entered the navel. And then it goes on. And the line that stuck out for both Chantel and I was stars became self-other and entered the perineum. And at first it sounded weird, like, okay, there's stardust entering your nether regions. Like, I don't, I don't, quite, I don't quite get it. And so yes, I, and. Yeah, you know, and okay, got it. Stardust and hoo-ha, got it. And then as we're studying with Bonnie, you know, and she's talking about her, a lot of her work is based on embryology. And mm. embryologically, how the primal streak, how our central nervous system and our and our inside humanness starts at the perineum and moves upward, mm. you know, it's like, okay, got it. Self-other is sort of the concept of we are not separate from other people. We are not separate from other things. We are, we are together in unison. And then I was reading... Your, well, even before that, I, uh, I sent Chantel a text the other day. I was listening to NPR, and the conversation was on neutrinos and how neutrinos are the most vastly available particulates in, on, on our planet. And the quote was, the speaker asked uh, all the listeners to hold their hand out, and she counted one, two, three, and she said, three million neutrinos just passed through you. Mm. And so, you know, it just, you know, it brought up the conversation and they said, well, they're doing all of these tests to sort of look at where all of these neutrinos are coming from. Like, why do we have so many? And one of the hypotheses is that the neutrinos are actually the descendants of um, supernovas that have exploded. So essentially stardust literally Mm -hmm. into us. And so then I'm, you know, prepping for this interview and on page 48 of Renegade Beauty, we are stardust. Your beauty comes from the same source that bursts stars into the night sky. Humans have a natural affinity for and curiosity about the stars. Perhaps this is because these heavenly bodies are our kin. From the meteorites that plant microbes on our planet to the carbon content of our bodies, we are linked to the atoms of comets that fell to the earth and the elements of exploding stars. I mean... Mm. If if kismet is not a thing, I don't know what is. I mean, that's mm-hmm. so that's so juicy. Yeah, thanks right? for weaving that together. Yeah, as how does that feel? I mean, that's Bonnie's is coming from an embodied perspective, 
Mm-hmm. She feels this. This is sort of how she interprets her experience. We have science now saying literally if you just hold your hands out, neutrino, millions of neutrinos are passing through it at second by second. And then there you are talking about your embodied perspective of what is really beauty, not, not necessarily magazine beauty, but your embodied sense of beauty. Where did that come from for you? Oh, the embodied sense of beauty? Yeah, or just the stardust and how and the oh, chin yeah. and the beauty and like where I think, you know, I mean, did it start with Joni Mitchell? We don't know, but like I don't know. I feel like when I <laughs> you know to me I'm like, yeah. And then I feel like with I, I don't know really anything about quantum physics, but the, the yeah. parts that I can observe and digest, it seems yeah, and then if I go into the ancients with Paracelsus saying essentially the same thing, we are stardust. To me, it's just like, yeah, it just is what makes sense to me so much. So, and then even, yeah, and then even seeing that meteorites have microbiomes and we have microbiomes, mm-hmm. I mean, it just, it only makes sense to me. And for me, obviously, beauty isn't something that's applied to us. It's this deep, it's, it's a communion, it's a relationship. It's this communion, and that communion, that union is the beauty. Because when you're in that union with the universe, you're kind of not, and when you're not, then it's all beauty. Yeah, yeah. So Chantal and I, are, our physical work is a lot about how we utilize um, what on the outside looks like exercises to help people um, create a better relationship with themselves, to help create better relationships with others and environment, and um, and many other acts of of being human, um, and when I you know as I listen to you and I and I sort of reflect on your work, you are you know what looks like skincare and healthcare is really talking about the same thing. And for me, uh, uh, in your book again, Renegade Beauty, you you write when we resonate with the coherence of the cosmos, we dissolve the illusion of separateness. And we connect to the source of all things. Connecting to this infinite intelligence attunes us to the inherent perfection and our inherent worthiness. And we discern that we receive resources from source, capital source, as we allow the beauty of nature to continually revive our being. When you, again, we kind of talked about this at the beginning, when you look at your work what do you want what do you want people to understand about themselves that's a lovely question what i hope is that people can feel that place in themselves that is invincible and mm-hmm. um you know and that they know that really the world like the, that 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 what they are is really um, you know, benevolent and expansive and beautiful, and that there's always that stream that you can tune into and feel that. If these people are feeling their worthiness, then I've done my job. Mm. Thank you. Mm. Uh, I mean, thank you a million Times to the cosmos and back, Nadine. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. 
for being here with us. I mean, it was a personal pleasure for me to finally get to speak with you. And the um, the thinking and the actual physical information that our listeners are going to glean from this is indispensable. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. Well, another really wonderful episode, an exploration into whole body health and vitality and what it means to take good care of ourselves. One of the pieces I found so fascinating is the effect of the sunshine on muscle tone. I think we should all dig into that a bit more. You can find out more about Nadine in the show notes. We have all of her links to her books and her website and to the Living Libations website. So you can check out some of the products and things. It's just a really sweet way of taking care of yourself, I think, and a very powerful perspective. So we do hope that you'll check out and learn more about Nadine. And now I'm going to just share briefly a tiny bit more with you about Momentum Fest and If you're not interested in going or you can't go, maybe you listen anyway because it's not just about Momentum Fest, really. It's about this idea that James and I spend a lot of time talking about with you here in the podcast, but also in our private conversations and with our colleagues about the power of being human and how we affect each other how we are in relationship with each other and how when we are in relationship with one another and we can show up openly, it changes our ability to cope and to be present in this crazy, crazy mad world that we're living in. And there is something sweet about the notion of Momentum Fest, what Momentum Fest stands for, if you will, without being or sounding too dramatic. But it really is about bringing people together to experience the joy of movement and laughter and being in community. And it's a very special thing. And if you can't make it to Momentum Fest, I want to just plant this idea of what other opportunities you might have to be with other people through movement taking walks with your kids, riding bikes together, hiking, taking road trips, sitting on the back porch and marveling at the bright, amazing spring colors that are emerging. Simple, simple things to be together and enjoy what life I think is really about when it all comes down to it. But if you do want to go to Momentum Fest or you are interested or you have the time free and you're considering it, Let me tell you a little bit more. MomentumFest.com is where you can go for all the nitty gritty details. June 21st, which is a Friday to the 23rd, which is a Sunday. Classes, 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 amazing classes, movement classes, exploration classes, classes with music, classes with no music, classes that are more meditative, classes that are more vigorous, lots of people moving lots of different ways, lots of different bodies, and just a whole lot of goodness. Tickets are still on sale, obviously, but they do go up in price April 15th, which is next week. So, Let me just share something with you before we wrap things up today. And I have been, thanks to Jessica Vallant, one of the founders of Momentum Fest, been sharing with you some testimonials from attendees last year. And I don't think I've shared this one with you from Kathleen Anderson. 
Kathleen wrote in and shared this with Jessica and her staff. What an awesome place to come together and enjoy Pilates with others who feel the same way. I learned so many great things, and while I was incredibly sore from all the amazing classes, I felt totally refreshed as a Pilates student and a teacher. And one of the things to know is that this festival is not just for teachers. So if you're a teacher and you're listening, invite your people. And I know a lot of our students from the Sacramento area are signed up and are going to be there with us. It's not a teachy kind of thing. It's a movement kind of thing. It's a celebration kind of thing. And we really hope you will consider joining us. And as I said, if Momentum Fest is not your jam or you can't make it, maybe there's an opportunity in your life today, tomorrow, as the spring emerges and into the summer to get outside and be with your people and find ways to love being in your body, enjoy being in your body. If going to the gym is not your jam, take a walk, skip some rope. One of my favorite things to do is juggle. Juggling is a blast. Swing on the swing. Cartwheels. My daughter is working on cartwheels and there happens to be a cartwheel class at Momentum Fest this year. James and I would like to invite you as always to leave us your thoughtful reviews on iTunes and share the love and give us some shout outs and support and let us know you're listening. Let us know you are digging what we are offering and connect with us. You can reach out to us at thinkingpilatespodcast at gmail.com on Facebook and have an awesome day. And we will be talking to you very soon with our last two really wonderful episodes that we've got coming up for you on curiosity. Until next time, breathe deep and teach well.